The Smiley Professionals Network presents its first podcast, The Smiley Connection. We'll speak with professionals from all walks of life and across all industries to bring you compelling stories about their career journeys. We'll laugh, we'll learn, and we'll connect. Who knows, you may find your next Smiley Connection on our show. Yalimadad and hello to everyone. It's Reem Merchant, your host. And on today's show, we have Shireen Abdullah, a foodie with a passion for problem solving, who is growing an AI-powered, culturally relevant nutrition therapy platform that considers the ethnic background and socioeconomic barriers to dietary adherence. In today's episode, she talks about how she uses her interests and experience to create her startup called Yumlish. Shirin describes the importance of food and how it impacts an individual's health and well-being. The decisions that we make when it comes to our nutrition and diet should be made so that we feel good and empowered. She emphasizes in her responses that navigating health and nutrition is a journey that is different for everyone and is not something we should do to attain a body type that is favored in the media. In other words, looking and feeling good should go hand in hand. Shirin explains how her faith, tradition of service, and family support has played a role in her achievements. Yamlish is known as like the Hulu of nutrition. It's on a mission to scale nutrition literacy. Um, can you tell us a little more about it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll start up with a quick backstory, Reem, of how all of this kind of came about and um, what what led to what has now turned into Yumlish. So a few years ago now, I was di- diagnosed with a chronic condition, turned to my doctor at that time, really tried to understand what I could do differently in my health. And I remember at the time my doctor told me, oh, just, just eat healthy. And I really kind of struggled with that statement because it is both simple and uh, very confusing at the same time, because I didn't quite know what that meant for me, especially within the context of the foods that I grew up on. And when I really sort of peeled back a little bit on it, I realized that the core problem is not eat healthy and, you know, go eat certain foods. It's actually really understanding. It's like taking a step back and understanding that you would never taught these things, right? There's just a sheer lack of nutrition education and understanding. It's all those things that somehow your doctor expects you to know, but no one ever teaches you. And so with that in mind, Yumlish was born. And what we do at Yumlish is really build nutrition literacy in a way that is accessible, scalable, and engaging, right? Um, and so... Keeping that in mind, uh, we've got, you know, different solutions uh, out in the market today, but at the heart of all the work that we do is this mission to help scale that understanding of nutrition choices. It shows up in everything like, how do I read a nutrition label? What am I even looking for on a nutrition label? Is uh, this oil that's on the grocery shelf, really on the grocery store shelf, excuse me, uh, really worth a few extra dollars in the oil that is next to? These are choices we are making on a daily basis, but have, again, not a lot of guidance around. Uh, there's noise, 
there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of information. In fact, I would argue there's an overabundance of information, um, both uh, correct information and then a lot of, uh, like I said, misinformation within there as well. So there's a lot of that. But what we've sort of taken on ourselves is to say that there is evidence-based guidance uh, that is out there that can be provided to an individual and we're going to be the mechanism through which that is provided at scale. So that's that's that. That's, that's really interesting. Um, it's definitely a space that is new. Um, it's a space that's not commonly talked about. Um, also to a point, stigmatized. Um, you know, we come from a culture where um, eating healthy isn't always uh, promoted, isn't uh, valued as much. And then, uh, you know, the outcome of that uh, results in many times body shaming also. So mm-hmm. um, aside from just eating healthy to just stay fit and for health reasons, but it also concerns a lot about, you know, your appearance, your looks. So what are your thoughts on on this topic? Like not just being healthy, like medically and like your condition, but also for um, looking and feeling good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, there's there's so much to be said for uh, food as medicine and the connection between food and mood. Um, there's so many implications that food really has. This decision that we make several times a day has such ramifications on our well-being. Um, and yet it is the most, uh, uh, I'm not going to say the most uh, overlooked, but it is the most sort of back of the mind concern for us, right? Like, oh yeah, food, yeah, I'll get to it or I'll do this or I'll do that. It's not sort of as top of mind for us. And yet every food choice that we make has implications. Um, when you're speaking about, you know, body shaming and body type, um, all of that is sort of, in my mind, all of that is secondary and all of that is unnecessary, right? Um, because at the heart of it, you have to just feel good. You have to be able to be making empowered decisions in your health. That is the true problem, right? How do I make these decisions for myself? What type of decisions should I make? Um, you know, imagine, Reem, that I said, all right, Reem, pop quiz. I'm about to give you an exam. Your first question will be uh, about what? And I'll say, well, Reem, it's going to be about, um, it's going to be about uh, nutrition, and you'll say, oh, well, but Shereen, I hate to bust your bubble. I'm not a dietitian or I don't have that nutrition background. And yet we're making those nutrition choices for ourselves. We haven't been taught that, right? And it's just, it's it's incredibly sad. But I think at the same time, there's there's an opportunity here that when we can empower people with uh, that type of education, they can make better food choices. It doesn't have to be 100% of the time. We don't have to look a certain way as a result of those choices. That is not the focus. The focus is we have to feel empowered in our decisions. We have to feel good, feel good, actually, at the end of the day, regardless of shape, size. Um, And we have to know our health journey better. We have to make a stronger, better connection with that uh, to really be able to understand um, how to again impact our health and and I mean not only ourselves but also for our family members and those loved ones and everyone around us that we may be caregivers for. Um, but I think the the focus needs to be away from the 
looking a certain way and more toward feeling a certain way empowered through the decisions we make. Really appreciate your thought and um, the guidance that Yamlish has to offer um, towards helping those decisions for individuals. Um, can you talk a bit about the solutions that you have um, at Yamlish? And also, if you could share some success stories, we'd really like to hear that. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the, uh, one, so we've got two solutions. That's all quickly uh, talk about that. And I, and I can talk about, by the way, the success stories all day long. So I think we may just eat up all of the podcast time here. <laughs> um, one of the things uh, that we do, so we've got two solution, solution sets in-house. Um, one is a non-app based solution. It is largely focused um, on the Medicaid population. Uh, it's also focused on a largely uh, Spanish-speaking population. Uh, again, building the nutrition literacy, understanding these are moms, uh, these are individuals who have who are working two jobs, who are trying to understand how do I cook healthy for my family? How do I make sure my kids don't get diabetes like I have, right? They're really sort of driven by that emotion. Uh, and that's one side of the house that we work with. Again, it's a non-app-based uh, solution. We've actually made it very low-tech, accessible over web and text. So that's one. The other one, the second solution set, is actually an app-based solution. Uh, there, we're working with uh, recruits who are coming into the military, helping them, again, build that nutrition literacy, that understanding, um, so that they can meet the physical standards that they need to in order to uh, serve in the serve in the military. Um, so that's the other side of the house. Again, that that one is an app-based solution. Um, and there we're looking at, you know, 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds, uh, really helping them understand, again, the same thing, right? How do I read a nutrition label? What am I looking for on there? Um, those are the types of things that we're working with them on there. And as far as the as far as the success stories go, I think um, one that is really very near and dear to my heart is uh, a mom who we worked with. Um, and this mom to us at the end of you know the nutrition programs that we have and everything pretty much came and said to us, "I have energy to play with my kids for the very first time." I mean, that's it, game over. Just like, this is it. I mean, you, we've hit it, right? Like, I mean, that was, anyway, I'm also like, as I say this to you, and after all this time, like I, I get this one because that is exactly the type of impact we work so hard to create every single day, right? And when you hear parents say things like that, uh, we had, actually, we had another person as well who came to our program and um, pretty much said, you know, I've, I've been able to reverse my diabetes. I have, I'm no longer pre-diabetic. Man, can you imagine what an impact that is for that person, uh, their kids, their family, right? Um, because of those types of things, you know, we'll, we'll go through classes. And uh, at one point we had someone say, you know, I tell my brother to change the way he's eating. He's not doing the right things and he should be doing this. And I tell him, you know, I'm learning this in class. You should, you should know it too. And it's, it's funny because, you know, in, in, uh, especially in the community, you share, you share what you learn. You're obviously not going to hoard it for yourself. You're going to share, you're going to have opinions. You may even judge and that is fine. But I think what, what really resonated with me over there is to say like what what we're doing doesn't impact that individual 
it can impact their family, their circles, their social groups. It can have a ripple effect and an impact and even be multi-generational. Right. So to me, when I look at those types of success stories, I think that's one of the things that that really jumps out to me. Um, and then on the military side of the house, I'll, I'll quickly um, give you just one quick story is where we had an applicant who, again, through our nutrition programming and then pretty much came back and said, thank you so much for this. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do. Right. I just didn't know how to because he had certain, um, again, physical standards he needed to me. Um, but he pretty much was like, I just, I was lost. Right. Um, when you can take someone from lost to knowledgeable to empowered, that is the success we're driving. These are really inspiring stories. And it just goes to say how the food that most of the time we take for granted, um, we eat maybe while watching a TV show or something, you know, we're distracted when we're eating. Um, the same, that same food goes on to shape the person that you are, the thoughts you have, the environment you create and impacts the people around you. So thank you so much for this great work that you're doing with Yamlish. <laughs> Oh, I, I absolutely love it. And like I said, Reem, you, you, I can go on all day. So I hope this is a four hour long podcast because I can, I can just keep going. Well, <laughs> uh, you, you were a project manager and a management consultant before you ventured into your own startup. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about this transition? Yeah, so happy to. So I think um, the work that I was doing just didn't, didn't feel fulfilling, right? I think that's that's most, most of the entrepreneur stories. It's like I was doing something, but it was missing. Like there's something there. I can't put my finger on it. It's just, I'm not, it's not working for me. Um, and something is, it, it feels unfulfilling. I guess that's the best way to describe it. And I sort of saw myself in the same position. I... Um, you know, and, and as I was going through this sort of my own health journey, figuring things out for myself, I think it was almost, um, I think it was almost, uh, gosh, what is the word I'm thinking for? But it, it seemed like it was the only natural next thing for me to do. It seemed obvious, but at the same time, incredibly risky, right? Um, leave what you know, uh, what is stable, uh, and go out and take a risk and really make a bet on yourself. Um, you really have to be able to know what your strengths are before you venture out into something like that. Um, because it, it it is a journey in of, of itself, especially coming. So in my background, coming from project management, management consulting, um, I knew how to talk to people. I knew, I mean, there's certain skills that I've learned along the way that have been incredibly useful. But now I'm going in industry, which by the way, my industry was, I was within engineering government like that, that industry, right? And now with all my naivety, I was like, I'm going to change up health. Great. Um, but how are you going to do it? I didn't know the first thing about anything. And so it was a lot of teaching myself, understanding what the standards are today, what what is being done, what kind of innovation is being driven, understanding competition. Is this something that um, only my mom will buy or is this something that a population can buy? It's just like really going through that validation, right? Um, because you don't know. You really don't know what it's going to turn into, if it's going to catch wings or not. Um, but 
once you do, once you start heading that direction and once you just really stay at it and committed to it um, there and, and uh, given that there is a market for it, I think there's there's another side, but it takes a lot to get there. It takes a lot of work uh, and yeah, it just takes a lot to get there. So you just have to, you just have to understand your strengths to know, is this the path for me or not? And to be honest with you, Reem, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a pathway for everyone. It's just not. And that's okay too. Um, but just know that uh, if this is something that you are thinking about, that you're conscious of everything that goes into it. So Shirin, was it a light bulb moment? Like, hey, I need to do this. I need to get out of what I'm doing right now and move into a field that I know nothing about. <laughs> um, how did, what flipped that switch? How did you find the courage to go there? I think part of it, Reem, is, um, is first seeing the problem really clearly, right? Um, again, like I said, like, um, is it just a problem that I'm feeling? Is it everyone around me? So there's some initial validation, right? Because um, it's also a lot of risk. I'm just not going to quit my job and like, I have this great idea. Like you want to sort of, you know, sort of see if there's something there first, right? Uh, so I don't, I don't know if a flip the switch happened. I think it was... Uh, flip multiple switches <laughs> happened. Um, and then along the way it was like, okay, I'm ready for the next step. Uh, there are certain milestones. Uh, part of it was calculated. Uh, the other part of it was like um, faith and prayers. And then the other part of it was also just support. Uh, from my family, uh, from from my husband, uh, it's hard. You're making a financial decision within your unit, and you have to make sure that you're surrounded with the support. Be it if you're living at home, married, on your own, uh, you really have to look to say, "What is my financial backing?" Because I am not going to be able to take a salary for a period of time, or is going to be a reduced, extremely reduced salary. Um, for a period of time. And if that is the case, what does that look like for you? So there's so many different things to factor into it. So that's why I say it's flipping multiple switches that gets you there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, totally agree. Like it's a process that it takes, you know, you just don't turn into a butterfly right away. It's the whole process moving from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Um, one of the stages, though, in there, especially for an entrepreneur, it would be to think about the product, but also understand competition out there in the market. How would you determine the value and distinctiveness of the product that you are offering um, that would lead to this product success that you're putting out there in the market for people? Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Um, you know, one of the one of the things is always around competition and. The the answer is the easiest answer is there's no one like us, right? Um, and but the fact of the matter is that uh, there's no one like us who understands this problem. There's no one like us that understands what is the appropriate solution. And if there was, and they were doing a great job, we wouldn't exist, right? Um, but the point is that you you need that competition around you to sort of fuel you forward. But you also need to understand your own strengths. Competition exists. There's so if I say a nutrition solution, boy, just type that in Google and you will be bombarded by several hundred pages of Google 
with nutrition solution, right? But what we're doing is really focused on building nutrition literacy in underserved communities and uh, the military. For us, the work that we're doing is far distinct and unique and serves a very different population in a very different way. Uh, so by that, by those lenses, with those lenses, excuse me, we're starkly different from what exists in the market today. Uh, and again, part of that is driven by the market we serve, how we serve them, um, and uh, the outcomes that we derive. That's that's really interesting. Um, while it's important to build a brand that focuses on its own USP, um, definitely it's important to be cognizant about what's in the market. Uh, when we talk about nutrition solutions and health, it's normally a two-pronged approach. It's about your diet and nutrition, yes, but it's also about exercise, physical activity. According to you, how do you tie these two together? Mm -hmm. No, I mean, it, it, uh, physical activity sits, sits right alongside nutrition. Um, you cannot look at nutrition in a silo. You have to look at some of the other factors in the environment as well. Physical activity is one. Uh, the other is stress. Right, um, and looking at that as well, it is it is quite multi layered, and um, there needs to be a holistic approach around it. Um, our focus is definitely on the nutrition, but we definitely look at all of these other aspects um, as well. Uh, and you know, one of the things is around physical activity is just it doesn't have to mean you know making like going to a gym or having expensive membership to you know a, a place of some sort it's really about starting with small consistent long-term changes that you can make for yourself and setting small goals small consistent goals right and once you know to make that once you know how to fuel your body at the same time and understand nutrition and uh, sort of tying in the physical activity component, the exercise component, um, also understanding how to manage other stressors in your life. It's really a combination of that that helps you move forward. And one may say, okay, I cannot take out all the stress because I have X or I have Y, and that's okay. It's important to start with recognition of that. It's important to understand, okay, I can't cut this out altogether, but I can take some time away uh, and I can take some time out of my day to do certain things. Um, and you, know, you talked about mindfulness earlier as well. Like these are certain things that I can do. And I'm going to start there. Um, and again, just make small, consistent changes for myself. That's, I think, really great approach um, to take, you know, making just small changes uh, one thing at a time. Um, I also feel that there's so much of stress in today's world that uh, it it really impacts what a person is thinking. Mental health comes into the picture here. And inadvertently, it does impact our bodies, our lifestyle, and general feeling of well-being. Um, one way, you know, is prayer, turning towards faith. Um, and many people, you know, feel that it has faith has a big role in their lives. Um, talking about you personally, what role does faith uh, have in your life? Oh, wow. I feel like, um, you know, our success is really driven by, um, you know, I was, I, in fact, I think I mentioned it just a, a couple of minutes ago, but 
I think our success really comes from um, lots and lots of hard work, but also lots and lots of prayers, right? <laughs> because from loved ones who are just like, oh man, if I if I get this contract, please, please, God, please make this happen. Um, it, it, it absolutely comes from that. It drives me, it gives me hope, but, you know, it sort of um, fuels me. It gives, you know, again, it, it gives you hope to be able to anticipate um, you know, more in that you are, um, you are putting the right inputs in. And even if everything else is all, everyone else around you are unable to control, that's fine because um, there is someone who sees your hard work who will show you the rewards at the end of the day, right? So you go in with that hope and that sentiment. So faith, faith is a big part just of my personal life. Um, and even if I didn't have any faith, I know, I know my mom prays <laughs> for my success plenty as well. So wait, from a combination effort, family, myself, you know, sort of, uh, get, getting in that direction. But also, like I said, the, the hard work is important and understanding again, what your strengths are, what you're bringing to the table, the type of people that you're surrounded by who can complement some of the weaknesses that you may have. Um, and then when you've, when you've given it your all, you leave it to faith and go, all right, take the wheel, figure it out for me and help me, help me get to the other side of it. Yeah, agreed. One of the uh, really important aspects of this Miley faith is our tradition of service, our um, value of seva. Um, can you talk a bit about your involvement in Jamaat Institute? institutions and your contribution um, towards offering guidance to young Jamaati members? Yeah, I think, um, you know, some of my, and I sort of reflect back on it now, Reen, but, uh, and I don't think I understood this earlier on, but there were a lot of times, I mean, I'll start with, uh, I'll start with REC. Um, I, you know, I taught uh, as a teacher, was HOI, you know, sort of did various things there. I was a teacher educator for a period of time as well. But all throughout the way, I think every time when I had the opportunity to, uh, you know, someone would say, okay, you know, we, we need some help here, you know, come and do this or come and do that. Um, I Now looking back, I know like, oh, there were so many lessons for like leadership and managing people and communication. And I was going through that without any formal recognition or understanding of that. In fact, a lot of the skills I feel that I learned both professionally in my career and then also within my SEVA has really helped me be the person I am today and be able to be in, a, in the position that I am today. Uh, I don't think that would have come about if it wasn't uh, you know, for for this aspect in my life where, um, you know, you work with people, all of a sudden you're coordinating things with them and then you're managing them and you're, you know, asking them to do certain things. You're planning or uh, implementing tasks. And again, right, like not understanding that that's exactly what you're doing. The recognition comes later, right? Or the realization better yet comes later. Um, but what you are really doing in that spirit through Seva is pushing yourself beyond what you know without consciously realizing that you are, and then learning and picking up those skills along the way that help propel you forward, be it in your career in any shape or way. It doesn't have to always uh, manifest in a way that you have, you know, you, you decide to become an entrepreneur, but 
wherever that takes you, it is such an important lesson, um, lessons that you can take with you into wherever you go next. So for me personally, I think I can trace back to early REC days uh, where I learned a lot of those things um, that I know I've taken with me into where I am today. Yeah, it's it's so much like, you know, we talk about services giving, but inadvertently it's also about receiving and receiving in ways that we don't really understand or realize in the moment that how important it's going to be for us and you know a lot of young listeners out there for this podcast um service is not something that may manifest itself in the given moment at the given time but you never know in what ways and what forms it comes back to you thanks so much for listening to this episode of the smiley connection if you'd like to connect with our guest or learn more about any of the resources mentioned, check out the show notes. And if you're enjoying the show so far, please give us a review and a five-star rating on the Apple or Google podcast apps. It takes less than five minutes to do that compared to the hours of work that goes into each podcast episode. So we'd be grateful for your time and support. We'd also love to hear your feedback. Reach out to us at ipnpodcast at ipnonline.net. This episode was produced by me and edited by the talented Kes Ali. Marketing for this episode was carried out by the adept Ahad Bhaidani. Our cover art is designed by the skilled Shakil Muhammad. The transcription for this podcast episode was written by our relationship manager, Alisha Ramji, and special thanks to Ali Zain and Dilshad Zaveri for facilitating our guest connections. We hope you enjoyed it.